If people suffered for God what they suffer for sin, they would lay up great treasures in heaven and would lead a life of peace and happiness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic Conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend from St. Agnes in Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is great today, Frank. And the topic is the particular good. Now, that needs some explanation. When, when I took a course on ethics a few years ago, the focus was not on the distinction between right or wrong or good or bad. I mean, that's easy. A person who has reached the age of reason knows that. The focus was on the choice between the good and the better, or between the good and the greater good. Now, you're talking about the particular good. So what do you mean by this? Well, what I mean is um, I was listening to Father Rippinger. Um, he's a well-known theologian, philosopher, and exorcist. And he says the whole point of an exorcism is to build enough authority over the demon so that he tells you the information you need to get out of him, out of the person he possesses. And our topic deals with what the demon revealed to him that night. And what he said was, I convince people they cannot be separated from their particular good. A particular good is what you or I want or are attached to no matter what. He says that is how he undermines sacrifice. And he said he's been doing it since Adam and Eve. He says it's how I took them down and how I continue to take down the government, universities, and the church today. It's what I try to do with every human being. And this is really a form of moral uh, moral relativism. You know, there are no universal truths or ultimate ideals established by God. We're, we're our own gods, and we determine what is best and right for us. What is particular to each of us? Right. So the attachments that are particular to each of us. Okay. Let's take an example of a particular good. And let's use, let's say, adultery. Uh, let's say a person's been in a long-term marriage that over time has become stale or has lost its spark or passion. The person becomes attracted to someone outside the marriage, let's say at work, feels great around that person. They feel more attractive. They feel more interesting. Now they're more funnier. And the evil one begins to convince this person that this relationship is all good, a particular good. Forget right. the marriage vows or commitment. This new and exciting relationship feels right, and it feels good to pursue it. Now, this will most probably all end badly, but in the moment, the devil tempts us to chase the particular good, convincing ourselves that self-pleasure is the only thing that matters, casting aside God's better way. Now, Frank, how does this happen? Well, every time we commit a sin, we make a choice knowing it is sinful and the intellect tells you it's sinful. Yeah. Your conscience knows it's wrong and you go ahead and ignore both. And this is what sin does. It, it, it destroys our intellect, which was designed by God to know the truth. What results from sin is a weakened intellect, which it actually makes you dumber. A holy person knows how dumb a particular sin is. So they become more dependent on the grace of God. Well, yeah, we've talked about that many times. The grace of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we need these things to strengthen our will. Yeah, and absolutely. St. Thomas helps us better understand it. He's the one thing God wants from us is our will. He wants us to sacrifice our wills to him. This means that we must be willing to turn away from our particular goods or lesser goods 
towards God's greater goods. Right. You use adultery as an example. There are many examples. It, it could be it could be your attachment to 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 drink. Yep. Um, you know, uh, it could be your attachment to gossip, like we talked about last week. Oh, we're just talking and think that those things are OK. The attitude mm-hmm. says that if I desire it, it must be good. The heck with everything and everyone. It's what I want that counts. This is the demon of moral relativism, and it undermines everything God teaches. Let's take another example, like playing golf on Sunday morning. Uh, Maybe we have some mild guilt or doubt about it, but what's corrupting is the attitude that justifies it. Golf makes me happy, and with my friends, it's more important than Sunday Mass. I mean, after all, God is everywhere. I don't need to be in church on a beautiful Sunday morning. We get attached to this thing we desire, and the devil convinces us that playing golf on Sunday morning is a particular good and makes us feel good about ourselves. But it is this attachment that becomes a subtle corruption, encouraged by the evil one, and that's when we need to be alert and strong. Right. Once again, the two principal effects of grace are enlightening of the mind and strengthening of the will. It has nothing to do with our emotion. Right. Grace reverses the damage sin has done and guides us to the better part. That is why we must ask Our Lady always to give us the grace for the mind and the will, because she is the dispenser of all graces. So we must never forget to ask for her to heal and to guide us. Right. You know, Father Ripperger essentially helps us to understand spiritual warfare. We haven't used that term. Yes. Which is not an overt battle in the mind where we're consciously struggling to make a choice, but it's more like defending or protecting ourselves from the subtle seduction of the things we don't have and the things we want. So that's why it's important to always ask ourselves, how is my spiritual life? How is my prayer life? Uh, there are many voices calling us today. What's the most important answer? If I start and end each day by being grateful to God for all of I have, I'm less inclined to desire things I don't have and don't need. Yeah, I mean, the the root of every sin we commit is caused by us not being able to turn away from these particular goods, our worldly goods. The devil convinces us that we can have it all. We can have the money, cars, home, status, prestige, and we don't need them. You know, also, we don't need the church or the teachings of the church. And just like Adam and Eve, the devil convinced them that they can become their own gods. You know, with with material success, we believe and we become our own judge and jury. Jesus, on the other hand, wants his mercy to be manifest in our lives. He wants us to rely on his mercy. We must be, you know, you know, vigilant and take control of our interior lives and give everything to him and have the trust that he knows what's best for us. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In your own intelligence, rely not. In all your ways, be mindful of him, and he will make straight your paths. Yeah, I think I think the way to wrap it up, I, I just say it this way. The devil is always wanting us to dream things that are not, because he doesn't want us to believe things that are. He wants us to believe an illusion, and he wants us to define our own reality. It's nice, Frank, and I hope that the title, The Particular Good, will be of interest to people when they see it posted. And folks, don't forget to like us and follow us and send us a note. We're getting some nice emails at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation 
at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot, and I'll talk to you next time, okay? Yeah, God bless. Thanks, Dee.